Hello and welcome to Buddies Without Borders. This is the first of our new scheduled monthly episodes. Uh, you may remember from last, well not last time or the time before, we warned you that we were going down to once a month. Uh, this is the first monthly episode, so do not be afraid when two weeks from now another episode does not drop. We will be back. It will be okay. Uh, my name is Stevie Jackson. I'm an actor, writer, producer in Vancouver, BC. My name is Christopher Royce. I'm a writer and a podcaster in the San Francisco Bay Area. And welcome to August. This is your one <laughs> August episode. It's all you get. Oh, that makes Aww. it sound. That's all we have to give you. You, you didn't do anything wrong. We just, um, <laughs> the world is opening up a bit and we have lives again. <laughs> when when two podcast hosts love having a life again very much <laughs> indeed <laughs> but don't worry you'll get two christmases and two birthdays <laughs> oh no did we just practice did we just promise two christmas episodes oh no uh, i don't think so <laughs> we do a christmas and a hanukkah sure then i feel like we have to do a kwanzaa as well i don't want to leave anyone out There's a little, and a solstice we'll do a festivus episode Festivus for the rest of us. We should just do a Festivus episode. Ooh, we can air um, our grievances. Writing that down right now. <laughs> I don't know how we'll handle feats of strength remotely, but we'll we'll think on it. I'll have to do a bunch of reps with the microphone. Yes, I guess. <laughs> uh, we can each make our own Festivus meal. Sure. Which I, I think the criteria is just that it be sort of normal and bland. Is that what it is? I have no recollection of these. Like meatloaf or something. It's hard, to, it's hard to tell what's on the plates in that episode, but it's it's like meatloaf or spaghetti or something. Like it's entirely Yeah, that's unremarkable. what I'm saying. There's a festivusweb.com. We're absolutely oh. looking at this now. Yes, there's a whole website. You can order your own Festivus poll. This is a real thing. So uh, this holiday, listeners may or may not know. If you do know, apologies for the explanation of the thing you already know. If you don't know, get ready because this is going to be fun. Um, so this holiday had been in invented by the family of one of the Seinfeld writers, mm -hmm. and he tweaked it a little and, and wrote this episode about it. And and he, his family was the only one that, like, his father had made this up. But once the episode aired, the it, world got yeah. on board, right? Uh -huh. And so you can order a, a Festivus poll. Um, <laughs> there's at least one website with full Festivus instructions, like what everything is and the order in which it should happen. And um, now the Festivus miracles, I think those were added for the show. Mm, and on, okay. only Kramer declares festivus miracles so i feel like those that's up to the individual whether anything seems like a festivus miracle to you on that uh -huh. day or not uh and festivus is december 23rd okay um, so it must be celebrated on that day uh that happens to be my niece's birthday so we have a, a different celebration in our family <laughs> we do not we don't so much celebrate festivus as we do a birthday um but I, it, it's fun. I mean, I encourage anyone who wants to to look it up and, and do the things. Yeah, the meal seems to just be meatloaf uh, and potentially with sides of mashed potatoes and peas. Yeah, uh, there was right. some confusion about it perhaps being spaghetti. But mm -hmm. the website that I'm looking at here says that the reason there was confusion is because there's some sort of, uh, basically because the original broadcast quality wasn't good. Subsequently, oh. HGTV is better. And you can see what George's mom is holding. That's it, why people thought it's, it was spaghetti. <laughs> it's meatloaf on top of a bed of lettuce. And so people thought it was like red sauce on top of maybe spaghetti or something. Cause it's not that green. It's like iceberg lettuce. Is there something red on top of the meatloaf? Is there like a sauce on the meatloaf? No, it just is sort of red brownish. You know, oh, it's okay, just kind right. of traditional meatloaf Browned looking in the thing. Oven. Yeah. yeah. But um a very deep warm brown color so i guess when you if you don't see it for that many seconds of screen time but uh yeah according to this yeah. website you can basically have whatever you want because the list of things here is incredibly expansive oh wow okay um i i do think it should be unremarkable whatever you have because the whole thing about festivus is that it flies in the face of the mm -hmm. more sort of fancy celebration of christmas like, yeah you're not decorating there is an unadorned aluminum pole mm -hmm. <laughs> and it should be unadorned because tinsel is distracting i think was the reason sure 
I've not actually watched this episode for, I don't know, since it was on. I don't know. Oh, wow. But... I've, I've seen it a couple times in the last few years. Yeah. But like a couple times in the last few years. So not, not in any way. I took no notes. You know, I wasn't, I, I wasn't paying attention in any meaningful way. So I don't, <laughs> unfortunately, I did not watch it for the purpose of, of figuring out how to celebrate Festivus. I should have. Um, next time we'll have to but do I some do, research <laughs> i do remember that um yeah there's a festivus meal at which grievances are aired mm-hmm. um the famous jerry stiller line i got a lot of problems with you people and you're gonna hear about it <laughs> there's a festivus book yes that was uh published after the episode got so popular by dan o'keefe he's the guy whose family invented uh-huh. it yeah. yes he, he would be the definitive voice on how to celebrate this. The writer for the holiday. book is Mark Nelson. But yeah, so okay. we're, we have a lot of research we could do, I guess. Oh boy. <laughs> I mean, it seems pretty simple. Like you put up a poll, you eat an unremarkable meal, you air your grievances, and then you do the feats of strength. And Festivus ends, if I recall correctly, Festivus ends when the head of the household has been wrestled to the floor. Wow. Well, that would be much harder for us to do podcasting remotely. <laughs> I am the head of my own household. I don't know how to wrestle myself to the floor. Well, that's just more research you'll have to do. I guess Festivus for me ends when I decide to take a nap. <laughs> that counts as wrestling yourself to the floor <laughs> when you can no longer keep your eyes open. <laughs> your, your subconscious wrestling your conscious mind to the floor. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Um, anyway, yeah, so that's that's Festivus. This is now a Festivus podcast. Yeah, the poll, the dinner, the grievances, the feats of strength, the miracles, mm-hmm. this seem to be the wider or the broader. Um, yeah, uh, the Wikipedia article I'm not going to read it does, while we're talking. <laughs> no, but does it just briefly, does it does it say what the miracles are that Kramer identified and proclaimed? Cosmo Kramer twice declares a, quote, Festivus miracle, unquote, during the Festivus celebration in the Costanza household. Kramer causes the occurrences by inviting friends to dinner and by causing Jerry's girlfriend to believe Jerry was cheating on her. Oh, jeez. So <laughs> take for that what you will. That's confusing. I do seem to remember that he brought, like, George's boss or someone along. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uninvited. <laughs> I'm also not sure that that Kramer and Elaine and Jerry were supposed to be at Festivus. I think they may just have shown up and it was happening. I'm also not sure how bringing uninvited guests counts as a miracle. I mean, it's Kramer, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I can't answer that for you. I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's Kramer they used to justify a lot of things on that show. Yes, probably. I mean, he does a lot of wacky stuff, so. Yeah, accurate. (laughs) Um, Moving on. Sure. What's what's going on in your world these days? Let's do that. (laughs) Uh, I guess sort of related to uh, holiday level meal preparation. Yes. You and I talked about this off the air, but I made a oh yeah, tell the listeners. I made a scalloped potato roll. There was mm-hmm. this thing that went around Twitter of like, "Hey, here's things you can do to potatoes that you might not have thought of before." And I was mm-hmm. like, "Ooh, potatoes!" And I sent it to yeah. you, and you were like, "Ooh, potatoes!" Ooh, potato. <laughs> <laughs> you love a good potato. <laughs> so, for for those who have not seen the video and need a very thorough description please stand by for a very thorough description no not that thorough description wait though do oh, listeners question. know about yeah do have we ever discussed on the air our like we have a running potato bit i don't uh, even know if the listeners know our our potato gif war i don't think we've yeah, specifically we, gone into we, detail we, we do both enjoy potatoes but Perhaps you should know that the reason that Chris would send me something that says, you know, with like, ooh, potatoes, um, <laughs> is because we both cook a lot. And uh-huh. I think we must, I think we went through a period when we were both making a lot of potatoes, just sort of separately yeah. and discovered we were each doing it. Birth to um, present. <laughs> sure. But I feel like there was a particular cooking period. I haven't, I'll confess, I have not, I have made some oven fries here and there, but I haven't done a oh, lot okay. of potato cooking lately. Okay. But there was a while when we both were doing a ton of it. Um, yeah. So we just, we kind of have a running bit of, yeah, sending each other potato gifts or, or uh-huh. you know, tagging each other in anything potato related that we see. 
um, you know, and, and you know, if I were to see, say, a dog with a potato, I would immediately uh-huh. send that to Chris uh, and vice versa. So just just for some background, the reason that that this was so exciting <laughs> to both of us is that potatoes are a part of our friendship. That they're the third <laughs> member of our triumvirate. <laughs> That's right. Uh, this unbeknownst <laughs> to any of you, this whole time, this podcast has been hosted by Chris, me, and Potatoes. Who choose to remain nameless. <laughs> That's right. Nameless Potato. Please continue your description of the so, scale yes. potato roll. <laughs> potatoes in all forms. Very welcome. <laughs> Please send us potatoes. Yeah. Fuck it. Send us potatoes. <laughs> if you can find us, or send us potatoes. Potato recipes. <laughs> as, also good. As, as this anecdote proves, always open to new things to do with potatoes. Potato gifts, fun pictures, anything like that. Please, please feel free to send us potato content of all kinds. I feel like we should just do a spinoff potato podcast. Ooh, potato just pod. Potato pod. Yeah. Podtato. Okay, writing that down too. <laughs> Look for podtato coming in 2022. Yeah. Watch this space. We might just toss this podcast and do a whole one about potatoes. <laughs> Buckle up. So... <laughs> Uh, you've got a rimmed baking sheet. You've mm-hmm. got a sheet of parchment paper. You've got a couple of cups of Parmesan. And Absolutely. then you layer your sliced pot- and peeled potatoes. Uh, I think it's called shingling, mm-hmm. where they're sort of overlapping in yeah. sequential rows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then more Parmesan, bit of salt. Bake mm-hmm. that for half an hour. And then they used meats and vegetables that I didn't want to, but essentially you can sort of like on the stove with some olive oil, stir fry, some uh, meat of your choice if you're into that. Uh, and then also spinach, uh, cook down a few cups of spinach and mm-hmm. mix in with some ricotta cheese. And then those are your two layers, layer over the potatoes. And then from the bottom, take the parchment paper and roll it all, crinkle, 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 roll it all mm-hmm. up. And then you bake it again for, oh, you have to remove the parchment paper as you go. You don't roll the parchment paper also. No, because it would end up inside. Don't want to eat that. Um, And you bake it for another 15 or 20 minutes. You're doing it kind of like one of those log cakes, right? Like Exactly, like a year log, yeah. Yeah. Um, Now, tell us what you put in your, what was your filling specifically? Well, see, I don't eat mammals, so I use ground turkey. Um, okay, and in yep. the video, they use diced tomatoes, but I okay. use bell peppers instead, uh, red, choice. green, okay. and orange. Nice. Festive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for July festivities for no particular reason. Um, Christmas in July is a thing. <laughs> yep. The seventh slash fifth month <laughs> yes. observance oh, of. This uh, is clearly the official meal of Christmas in July now. Okay. <laughs> well, that's spoiler alert. I'm probably not going to make it again. So I don't think that's true. Uh, so a little ground turkey, a little pepper, you know, herbs and spices and whatnot. And then um, spinach and ricotta. And the, oh, the other thing you need is mozzarella before you roll it up because you need a mm-hmm. lot of cheese to mm. uh, serve as a bonding agent. Yes. <laughs> um, cheese for stickiness. <laughs> exactly. And also cheesefulness. Yes, very uh, absolutely. I think you and I both have a bit of a Liz Lemon working on my night cheese, cheese. level of enthusiasm about cheese. Very fond of cheese and potatoes, and this uh, combines them. So thumbs up. And absolutely, and a lot of a lot of potato dishes exist to give you cheese, also. So I mean, scallop potatoes is basically potato skins, and cheese. yeah, <laughs> lots, <laughs> lots of other things. Yeah. Um, but so when I rolled it up, it was sort of like medium successful because it's difficult to do. And I think yeah. I had too much fill in. Okay. Uh, so it got a little messy. But uh, so rather than doing it sort of like what appeared in the video to be four or five times around, I got sort of three. Mm-hmm. So it kind of ended up like, you know, when you fold a letter to fit into an envelope. Yes. <laughs> that was kind of the way it worked out. Uh, but I did fortunately almost forgot, but I remembered to make sure that the seam side was down. I baked it again because so you don't want it first. to like flop open in the oven. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, and then the other thing that I probably would do differently next time is uh, do the baking and then like an extra five minutes with the boiler on to like Ooh. brown and crisp the top because yes. it yes. did not come out as browned or as crisped as I was anticipating. Mm. Uh, and it was tasty, but all in all, I feel like it was not worth the extra effort to do the rolling. 
So I think really what I would have preferred to do is something that I've done before, which is sort of like a scalloped potatoes or a gratin type recipe, but mm-hmm. you make it in a baking, a square baking dish, sort of the way one would lasagna. Yes. So you like layer in your potatoes and your cheese and then your meats and or vegetables, mm-hmm. potatoes, cheese, meats and or vegetables, potatoes, cheese, pow yeah. in the oven. And it would, that would just be way less labor intensive. Yeah. And then you have potato lasagna. Exactly. Which yeah. is basically all the same ingredients, but without the, without the adventure of rolling things. Well, and yeah, just less, less complicated mm-hmm. and uh, it's, it won't fall apart at least not until nope. you slice it, <laughs> but that's fine. But it won't, melts. it will not flop open in the oven. So. <laughs> melts in your mouth, not in your oven. <laughs> flops in your mouth not in your oven no no cut that out (laughs) just mark the time (laughs) oh no but yeah i mean there's what's there to complain about a dish i made myself with foods i already like so right i have uh eaten about half of it since whenever that was three days ago that i made Mm -hmm. it the other half may die tonight we'll see what happens oh wow okay (laughs) <laughs> that sounds like a challenge or something. By the time we're done recording, I'm going to be pretty hungry. <laughs> That's true. Uh, a little behind the curtain, we chatted for far too long before we hit the record button. An but, hour and a half, and then some more. <laughs> we hadn't really talked much this week, even online, so I think we're catching up. We skipped last week, too. I don't remember. Who knows? Yeah, I think we did. I think we what did. What is time? <laughs> uh, flat circle or something. I don't know. So, yeah, it was... Uh, it was it was fun. It was productive. It was successful, but uh, it was nice to then also be like, yeah, I don't have to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't work here. <laughs> You're not my mom. <laughs> You're not my boss. Weird potato video. You're not the boss of me. <laughs> so this is our teaser for pod tato coming pod-tato. in 2022. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there are potato podcasts out there. I don't know. We'll look into it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We'll report back. Podtato will be though. a meta podcast that looks at other potato-based podcasts. Ooh. <laughs> what did you get up to this week or since the last time we recorded for the kids? Uh, I am continuing my roller skating journey. Sure. I'm up to twice a week classes. Very exciting. Much more reliable at stopping and turning and things. Important. Um, a very important it is these are the basics and those are the I, meat and vegetables of the potatoes of your skating exactly i am i am taking the basics level classes and these are the basics um it's a lot of fun everyone is nice i look forward to the day when we can be in class without masking because oh, um well obviously i i am in support of it given the pandemic um and given that not all of the staff at this place is vaccinated yet. Mm, okay. Like they've made that clear that they they'll revisit the policy once all of their staff has been fully vaccinated, but they haven't hit that yet. Yeah. Um, the the issue is um, the instructor. So we do this indoors in a gym, like a picture, like a school gym. Mm-hmm. Not so not like a workout gym, but like the kind of gym where you took phys ed. Yeah. Um, a so gymnasium. It's, it's echoey. Mm-hmm. And the instructor is wearing a mic and also a mask, and oh it's distor- it's hard to. Some instructors naturally enunciate better than others. Also, some yep. of them have a variety of accents, as do the students. Mm-hmm. And so, and without you, never realize how much, uh, how much information you get from the lower half of someone's face until it's taken <laughs> away. Until it's taken away. So, um, oh, it's so just. True. And it just muffles it. The mask, more than anything, it muffles it. Like things that would be clear yeah. Um, if their mouths were uncovered between the, the muffling and the echo, often we are not entirely sure what an instructor is saying. And so we just watch their feet and do what they do. <laughs> uh, the other issue with the masks is it's harder for us as students to sort of interact with each other or I notice that masks, although they don't need to often kind of stop people from talking. Yeah. So while you don't want a lot of chit chat, obviously, because this is a class, it's just, we, we can't read each other's faces as well. 
Yeah. We're not a hundred percent sure what each other looks like. like <laughs> were you in my last class or not? You have similar hair to a person who was in my last class, but she may have been taller. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what her skates looked like. Um, yeah, sometimes that's... you can identify people by their helmets or skates or whatever. <laughs> what's up blue skates yeah exactly <laughs> um, and although we do we introduce ourselves at the beginning but not everyone is a great uh, projector as a public yeah. speaker yeah. and again you've got the echo and the muffling of the mask and so just getting people's names right can be a you know, like it, yeah it just it would be easier to know what people's names were and how, how their faces look um without those and it, i think it would be easier although it goes pretty well it just like it would be easier for us to make friends with each other yep and get to know each other a bit if we didn't have our faces covered all the time so i look forward to the day we can we can let that go but today is yeah. not that day <laughs> well question <laughs> though about the microphone mm -hmm. if you have a headset mic couldn't you put the mic in the mask i don't think so because then you'd have the mask rubbing up against the mic you oh, have shit, all that distortion right. yeah, yeah. They, okay. they do it is a headset mic you're right because yeah. these people are also they're skating instructors right so they're roller skating while they talk to us so it's a yeah. wireless you know that yeah. they're wearing um but yeah that's why they can't put it inside the mask because no good it, point there would be all that noise and distortion and with it being outside the mask it just it's a little bit charlie brown's teacher sometimes <laughs> um so what you want to do is exactly we're gonna learn okay go yeah well, luckily they always demonstrate, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and I do, I feel for, you know, because it's Vancouver, it's a very, it's a very diverse society here, Yep. which means we have a lot of people in the class for whom English is not a first language mm -hmm. and they are having to contend with an instructor who may or may not have an accent, may or may not have English as a first language themselves. Although sure. they're all very like, there's, there's, they're all perfect English speakers, but yeah, accent to accent mask to mask <laughs> it seems to be harder for those students like i find it difficult as a native english speaker yeah whether the person has an accent or not the muffling and the echoing depending on the day and how much noise is outside and all of that like it can be tough anyway mm -hmm. um but i've noticed some of the other students like if you're already dealing with a second language and now and you have one accent uh -huh. of your own and now you are dealing with someone who also has this as a second language and has an accent of their own and you're both wearing masks <laughs> and you're both yelling over noise oh boy it's, it's just, now you're starting to describe a sketch <laughs> it's just a lot yeah, for your tough. brain to process i think you yeah. know yeah um i know i would have trouble if i were trying to do this in french and everyone around me was speaking and i'm bilingual but even so mm -hmm. like trying to work even in a second language that i speak and understand well with masks and background noise and echoing yeah no thank you yeah <laughs> so yeah so yeah i feel for the people who are having that experience but it's all in the name of you know not accidentally killing each other with a terrible virus so i'm all for it <laughs> or um, a roller skate for that matter <laughs> well we can't death by roller skate who knows but um, <laughs> that's why there are helmets um, <laughs> but yeah i think uh i i hope that we will get to a point where and maybe they'll have to check students vaccination status before we come in or or something or ask yeah, you to wear a mask if you're not like mm -hmm. uh, i don't know how it's gonna go but we'll see how the numbers go and how the you know how the numbers of cases go and how the vaccine numbers go and and hopefully before too long we'll be able to like smile at each other <laughs> yeah there's a lot of that going on just around about this part of california as well which i tend to refer to as like honor system masking yeah and so it's like i don't know how much i really want to trust people i mean like on the plus side mm -hmm. the bay area was really good at mm -hmm. masking and getting vaccinated so yeah. i feel like sort of culturally i'm in a good space with people who understand science and share my values and want their fellow citizens to be healthy and so mm -hmm. it's fairly easy for me to go to a grocery store and not give it too much of a second thought because whatever 70 80 percent of adults mm -hmm. are vaccinated but it's also like the people yeah. who who weren't going to get vaccinated and don't believe in it for whatever stupid reason like they're just out here in these streets not wearing masks just and mixing with us yep. we're mm. supposed to trust them yeah do you still wear a mask to the store and not really 
If it's not mandatory, I don't, um, because it's still like, I don't tend to go during very busy times. Mm. You know, it doesn't tend to be super busy where I go. There have been a couple of times where I've gone to um, like a pharmacy or like a, you know, CVS kind of place. And that mm-hmm. made more sense too, but that's a place where you'll inherently find more sick people sort of by definition, because yes. they keep medicines there Correct. <laughs> as yep. opposed to just a food store. Yeah. Um, but I don't go out that much generally anyway. Like I'm sort of mm-hmm. back to my pre-pandemic, you know, go to a grocery store two or three times a week max. Mm-hmm. And other than that, it's kind of work and home and occasional socialization, okay. you know, as very much an indoor kid before all this started anyway. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm still wearing mine. I still yeah. wear it in stores. Uh, indoors in public is yeah. where I wear mine. Um, so indoors at, at a friend's house. No. Yeah. Um, indoors at the drugstore or grocery store on a train. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't take public yeah. transportation. If I did, I probably would. Yeah. Although lots of people don't, and it yeah. is, it's now recommended, not mandated. And, and some yeah. stores, most stores now have a sign up recommending masks because they cannot yeah. require it. Um, I suppose private mom and pop stores could, or franchises or what have you, but uh, I'm, I'm not really seeing most places having it as required anymore. Um, but I, I'm erring on the side of trust issues. <laughs> 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 I guess I don't trust people. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm vaccinated but that doesn't mean i can't i mean i'm less likely to pick it up and carry it to somebody else but it doesn't mean i can't so far as yeah exactly yeah and also i just i don't really want to get it because even with the vaccine there are breakthrough cases mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you can still you know feel like you've got a lousy cold or something and it's like i don't want that in my life i haven't had a cold in 17 months yeah exactly and i know people who you know got right out of isolation and immediately got just a regular old rhinovirus head cold I'm like yep yeah i guess the masks uh, were something we should have been doing as a civilization for the last ten thousand years i don't know yeah i mean maybe not every indoor place in public but maybe places where we're sort of like trapped together for a, a period of time planes and like, trains and buses and you know places where you're close to people yeah. for a while public transportation yeah for sure and then Maybe if you're sick and you're going to a store. Yes, that is a much better point. You should wear one. Because mm-hmm. I I admit that I didn't understand, because I know it's very, very common in um, some Asian countries like mm-hmm. Japan and China and Korea. Yeah. Like the masking is common. And uh, I did not understand. I had it backwards as to why they were doing it. I thought oh, that, yeah. that people were wearing them so that they would not get sick. Mm-hmm. And then really when the pandemic hit and masks became more common i can't because i always thought that's a little silly because Mm -hmm. it's not going to prevent you from not really um but then when when i came to understand that oh no they're wearing it so as not to spread their own germs yeah like they have a cold or whatever and they i mean maybe some people are wearing them trying not to get sick sure that you know but Lots of reasons, sure. Um, but often, it, I think the, the reason it seemed confusing to me was that the person wearing the mask, which I assumed was to prevent getting sick, often seemed to be sick. And for some reason, my brain did not <laughs> go to, I think because this is North America. Does not compute. <laughs> well, this, this is North America where we would not think to do this for our fellow human. But sure. in those countries, it's a sign of care for others that if you have a cold, you keep your germs to yourself. And the way to do yeah. that when you're out and about is by wearing a mask. And once I realized that, like a light bulb went out and I went, oh, that's so smart. I can't believe I didn't figure out that's what they were doing, but I never thought that much about it. Um, yep. That also explains all the people wearing masks and sneezing, <laughs> but it makes so much sense. Yeah. Well, yeah. I worked uh, at the Stanford mall, which is mm-hmm. uh, right across the street from Stanford hospital mm-hmm. uh, and clinics. It's a, you know, a giant compound um, <laughs> or complex, not compound. That's entirely the wrong image. It's a giant medical <laughs> complex. Know, that's why I was laughing. Compound was, <laughs> I was, my brain was having fun with that. Please continue. <laughs> Justifiable. Um, but uh, so a lot of people go to this big fancy hospital for treatment for things, among other things, treatments or diseases that give you immuno um Oh crap! The word just popped out of my head. Where oh, your immune that system would leave you immunocompromised. Immunocompromised, yeah. Things like chemotherapy. Sure, absolutely. Organ transplants. And so things. I'm used to seeing people at the mall when I worked there who were just oh, yes, trucking around in masks. Mm-hmm. And so, like, 
that's, I, I think that that was a thing that I personally just, it wasn't as objectionable as it seems to be to other people in other parts of this country and other places yeah. too. Like the, the idea of wearing masks seems to be so, you know, I'd, I'd rather burn in hell forever than wear a mask. Like It's a really weird guys, reaction that people had. You wear shoes. Like there's things yeah. that we do that maybe we would prefer not to. You wear yeah. a seatbelt. Like it just, I mean, this is well-trod territory, you know, two years on it's this thing. It's a seatbelt for your face. It's a seatbelt for your face. Possible episode title. <laughs> no, I think the weirdest one to me was the people, and I, I heard someone say it not that long ago like here and i thought it was the weirdest thing but it was somebody because you said a medical complex yeah compound complex <laughs> but someone's saying i don't want to have to wear a mask at the doctor's office and wait, i thought wait a minute go back one. but 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 there are so <laughs> many masks being worn in doctor's offices and hospitals like that's yeah. the most common place i've seen them my whole i life. mean of all places i don't want to have to wear a seatbelt in the car that's what it was and i thought like yep that that's absurd like you would think that person was doing a bit. I mean, it's true that as a patient, it's very rare that you mm -hmm. previous to the pandemic, but you would wear a mask into your doctor's office. But yeah. They might ask you to for some reason, or if you're visiting someone who's immunocompromised, yeah. if you're immunocompromised and you're visiting a hospital or going to a doctor, there's every reason why you might want to wear that because there's going to be sick people in the waiting room. Yeah. Uh, doctors often wear them, especially if they know that, oh, this person's coming in to find out if they have a strep throat, perhaps I'll just throw a mask on so that I do not catch it. Like it just, the idea that that, that, that they were objecting to it in that particular place was- That's pretty hilarious. It's, yes, that's the word. It's hilarious. Because <laughs> the alternative is infuriating and why- Yes. Yeah. Why, why delve <laughs> in that direction? I'm not wearing a coat in the winter. Them summer clothes, like that's how it sounds. It really is. Yeah. I like this character you've come up with here, but yes. Yeah, thank you. I think it's an old man. <laughs> Definitely sounds, uh, yeah, <laughs> cartoon character guy. It's a cartoony old man with some sort of hat. <laughs> Probably a cowboy hat. No offense to cowboys. <laughs> Uh, what uh, what media should we talk about? We're a little over halfway through our time here. Oh no! Uh, well, you had you had mentioned a couple of movies you saw. Recently. I do have a little list, um, and yeah. I actually, as I was uh, after we did our pre-show, mm -hmm. um, I thought of another thing that I had not talked about last time because I had not watched it yet, uh, and I'm not going to spoil anything today. So don't mm -hmm. worry, no spoiler alert. On oh, this I think side I know what microphone. you're going to say. Uh, I watched Black Widow. Ah, yeah, I have mm -hmm. not yet, but I want to very much. It is very worth your time. Mm -hmm. It is very much fun. Mm -hmm. It is, um, a, a lot of the Marvel movies have sort of a subgenre flavor to them. You yeah. know, they're a heist movie or a spy movie or, you know, right. a war movie. They're not all just the exact same sort of comic booky thing, mm -hmm. the one from the other. You know, they've right. done uh, 24 of these have come out by now. So, you know, they can't, some of them happen in space. Some of them happen in other places. Like it just, yeah, you have to have some other thing going. And so Black Widow, I would call the family drama of Marvel movies. Ooh. It's got action. It's got spy craft. It's got set pieces, but the strongest parts of the movie are when the main four characters who, mm -hmm. uh, I don't think I'm spoiling anything to say that they were at one point undercover in the U S as a family of four, Okay. But are not actually related to each other. This is in the mm -hmm. marketing. Um, but so David Harbour, Rachel Weiss, uh, Scarlett Johansson, and Florence Pugh, their characters mm -hmm. were stationed in the U.S. on behalf of the Soviet Union in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Kind of like that show, The Americans, which I have not right. watched, but yeah. I understand it's very good. I think I saw the pilot and it was very <gasps> good. And for some reason, I just never followed up. And now I don't know where to find it. Anyway. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um. And so there are there are scenes with them early in the movie and then some other scenes later in the movie and the just sort of like regular old family drama character scenes hmm. are really effective and affecting. Mm -hmm. And those relationships are, as one would expect, the core of the movie. And so even though there's, you know, don't worry, plenty of punching and kicking and motorcycle I'm chases. Sure, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um and there's also a thing that I really want to talk about, but will not spoil. But they did um they did very well by uh, Nat's character and 
things that she does in her other appearances. So it was it wasn't one of those sort of solo spin-off things where you don't recognize the character because that happens okay. in long running series sometimes of like yeah. wait, who wait, this isn't the person that yeah. I remember from the their ensemble appearances. Who, who tried to retcon this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And cuz yeah. technically this is a prequel so you might Yes expect some retconning of things mm-hmm. um but this does open up the universe of the mcu in some interesting new directions um there's an after credits sequence um <laughs> which i would would say is one of the better ones um and this is all stuff that's out there i mean by the time you guys are listening to this that movie went out for over a month so you yep. can find out the things I'm talking about <laughs> on yes. your and, on your own. But if you and, haven't, because it's Disney Plus and at this point it still costs 30 bucks, I get it. Yeah. It will be available for less seen. soon. Yeah. Um, but listen, maybe we'll do a follow-up episode on it once I've seen it. And then Absolutely. We, can talk, we can talk through all the things that that Chris doesn't want to spoil right yeah. now. And mm-hmm. I'm that I'm very grateful that you don't want to spoil. Mm-hmm. Um, because I I want to I'm going into it fairly fresh. Yeah. Other than, of course, having you know, encountered that character in multiple movies. Yeah. Um, but I haven't even watched a lot of the marketing for it because I want to know yeah. as little as possible going in. Um, the other I, quali- I've read oh. zero reviews because I, <laughs> I, I now, I no longer read any reviews of any female-centered movies. <laughs> Honestly, that's fair. Right. <laughs> but I, and I think to that point, the other qualitative thing I would add is that like, the movie really does prove that we should have done this 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like that character was well written enough and popular enough that there could have been a widow solo movie, you know, in the first, maybe in phase two, you know, cause mm-hmm. there was only six movies in the first phase, but there just, there's, there was no reason to wait. Like it's, it's mm. Soviet Union, it's Cold War spycraft. Everyone loves Cold War spycraft. You could have done an atomic blonde, you know, sort of type mm-hmm. movie with that character. Obviously very different characters, Lorraine and Natasha, but the, the there's a demand for this kind of movie all the time. There was no reason to wait. And I will also, I will, I don't think this is a spoiler, but if it is, I'm sorry. There was no reason why this movie had to come at this point in the release schedule. Mm. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I do think because I there are no uh, solo movies for female characters that early on. Right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, first one is Danvers. It's Captain Marvel. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. this is only number two. Correct. Out of twenty-four. Um, uh, yes, <laughs> I think <laughs> had they done it ten years ago. I know had they done it 10 years ago, because it is still happening a bit now, and I'm trying not to look at it, but, you know, stuff yep. comes up in your feed and you scroll on by, but the fanboys would have had issues with it. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, as they always do whenever there's a movie about a lady, doesn't matter what that movie is or who it's aimed at. It's unrealistic. She's unlikable. I protest. All these things, yes. Oh, no, Lady Ghostbusters, you are ruining my childhood. Mm-hmm. Last time I checked, the original movie still existed. and and your childhood still happened but whatever we we didn't delete anything (laughs) just made a new movie from your dumb brain yeah or even from the world (laughs) you can go find that movie it's up it's fine it's out there Mm -hmm. um yeah so i think it probably it was likely more a a marketing problem than anything or a problem of either they didn't think about it because Uh there are definitely fewer female characters in that universe yeah uh, of note and they probably didn't occur to them that early on to do the Black Widow movie. Um, or if they did think about it, they probably realistically thought, we can't, we can't do that. It will make people mad. And I think that's possible. What I, I will also note that Scarlett Johansson has been opening movies for many years, including in this time period. A child. <laughs> Actually. She has she has been the main character and the main draw for many, many movies. And there's yes. no reason why she wasn't the perfect person to cast in that role if you wanted to do solo pictures with her. Like Absolutely. she's been the highest grossing female mm-hmm. American actor on and off for, I want to say five years or so. Like she's yep. a fucking movie star. Well, and even before that, I mean, she wouldn't mm-hmm. have been highest grossing, but she's, yeah. you know, lost in translation. Yeah. That's no. her. All yeah. the way back to the horse whisperer when she was a kid, a lot of that story actually centers around her character. Yeah. Yeah. She's been a bona fide movie star since she was a child. If you Absolutely. were going to take a risk, 
mm-hmm. that that is the casting. Uh, well, certain risks. Uh, there, she's taken a couple of risks that I don't agree with. Um, well, yeah, we don't need to dig into her career. But the other thing I was going to add yeah. to that is I think there is a persistent fiction in, I mean, just say the umbrella term Hollywood, even though yeah. you know, that's yeah, not really yeah. a thing, but in the idea of Hollywood, in mm-hmm. the conservative write big checks, yeah. they they have to learn over and over again that a protagonist who is not a straight white dude yes. can still open a movie. And honestly often opens it better yes pound for pound movies that feature non-white folks or non-male folks Mm -hmm. still do very well and and do exceptionally well um the box office on wonder woman for instance the first Mm -hmm. one i have not looked at the box office on 1984 but huge absolutely Mm -hmm. huge and it (laughs) once again we heard everyone say oh this will change everything we will be black panther will change everything yes exactly (laughs) but that i remember that one particularly struck me yeah because i thought "Eh, i'm old enough to remember 1992 when we said the same thing about a league of their own (laughs) sure yeah where's the second a league of their own it doesn't exist i mean Mm -hmm. the kind of a little bit sort of although it's a very different movie with bend it like beckham i mean sure Female-centric sports movie, sure, was not, I mean, did There's well. There's not a ton of those, yeah. Was, But also wasn't the hit that A League of Their Own was. I mean, that was yeah. a blockbuster mm-hmm. centered almost completely around women. The only man of any real, well, I guess John Lovitz is pretty funny in that, but the only, <laughs> the only man with like a really huge role in that is Tom Hanks. Yeah. And yes, he's Tom Hanks, but mm-hmm. also Gina Davis yeah. and Laurie Petty and everybody else. Rosie O'Donnell, Madonna, like that cast is fantastic. Probably um, the next huge female-centric sports movie is like Itania. Like just in terms yes. of the number Again, of very people different who saw kind it. of movie, but yes. But just you know, I, I can't think of line, anything like, in between that was that huge. Yeah, but when they made a league of their own, everyone said, "This is it. We will finally get yeah. these kinds of movies." And then we didn't get another one until yeah. Wonder Woman. Yeah. And that was. How many years is that? From 1992 to what year did that come out? Like 2017? 2017. 2017. Mm-hmm. So, so 25 years? Yep. Yeah. So I don't, every time I hear this will change the game for women. And in fact, uh, Gina Davis and many other women made a documentary about this called This Changes Everything. Yeah. Where they sort of play on that on that phrase and point out that uh, it didn't. <laughs> we keep saying it and then nothing changes. And, you know, I don't know what the secret to that is, except getting, you know, other people in charge of greenlighting movies. <laughs> that is the secret. <laughs> that That is the secret, getting non-cishet yep. white men mm-hmm. in positions of being able to greenlight movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, obviously. What What did you see that was greenlit? <laughs> ah, well, I saw, okay, this is, this is not a movie. And in fact, I'm going to talk about something that I do not believe is is currently available to be seen, but it was recorded. And so I hope that it will be. Okay. Oh, um, sure. Yeah. Yes. I uh, attended um, in, in modern parlance, meaning I went <laughs> and watched it on Zoom, uh, an evening at the Ha Ha Hole. So there is a comedian and her name is Sarah Schaefer. Mm. Uh, she's a very funny comic and she also enjoys miniatures. Yep. Uh, all this explanation is for the listener. Chris knows this. Um, Big fan she, of Sarah for many years. For, yes. And so she spent uh, much of her pandemic <laughs> building a miniature comedy club. Uh, it's on a one twelve scale, meaning one inch equals one foot. If you're not familiar with the land of miniatures or the world of miniatures, the land of miniatures where everything's <laughs> tiny. Um, she built this thing and it is phenomenal. It, it's jaw dropping it's it looks like the real thing she went so far as to have so if you've ever been to a comedy club so it's not a theater it's a comedy club mm-hmm. with you know tables where you can get food and drinks um in front of a little stage with the brick wall behind <laughs> for if anyone if anyone listening to this is old enough to remember the old an evening at the improv <laughs> stand-up comedy show it looks yeah. it's like that but beautiful um, so she built the whole thing to scale. 
It has curtains. It has working lights. It has a little working neon sign that says the ha ha hole. And it has working doors and it has an attached green room. And she built a little sofa. She built a little fridge that opens and there are little tiny drinks in it. Mm -hmm. There's a little iPhone charging on a little cord and a little outlet and a little wall. Yep. There's a little set list. There's a notebook and there are pens and they're like anything you could think of that would be in a green room, which for the uninitiated is where the comics hang out backstage before it's their turn mm-hmm. um, and is often painted green, although not always. Yeah. Uh, she, she's got art on the walls and little rugs on the floors. And it's just like the detail is phenomenal. She commissioned tiny food to be made. Yeah. That was one of the very few things she didn't make herself was the tiny food um, and like tiny burgers and fries, tiny nachos and guac, tiny like it's <laughs> vegetable platter. <laughs> Any tiny bottles of high up. Oh yes, there's food backstage for the for the comics with the vegetable mm-hmm. platter and snacks and stuff. And then in the club, the their little tables have food for the audience. That's right. Yeah. Um, so it's just incredible. And then is if that wasn't enough, because the first time I saw it, I thought, what a wild take on a dollhouse, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> and I wish that I could shrink down and watch a little tiny show in there like that. I wish that magic was real because I would love <laughs> to like walk around in there. Um, so the next step turned out to be, she, she lined up some comics to do a show. How would this happen? I hear you asking. People said (laughs) this thing is small. Like the whole thing is like the size of a coffee table, probably. Yeah. Um, and the answer is she lined up real comedians and then she went out and she got some dolls Mm -hmm. and she did her best to make to, to get dolls and then um, alter them so that they looked like the actual comics she had hired. Yeah. Um, to the best of her ability, because I give her mad props for the diverse lineup at her show. So the, the comics in question <laughs> were uh, Crystal Adams, Atsuko Oketsuka. I hope I'm saying her last name right. I, know I it's can't Atsuko. remember how to say her last name, but it's, yeah, it's Atsuko. Yeah. No, it's Atsuko. Mm-hmm. I've been saying Atsuko for many years and it's wrong it's mm-hmm. atsuko yeah um because i heard her say it herself but uh okatsuka i think is her last name um and then Patton oswald was also there so she was and she made a doll of herself as well so she was tasked with uh making <laughs> slash buying slash uh, altering four dolls to look like actual people who not only are known enough in the world that like you can google them and get a photo very quickly yeah but we're going to be there and see those dolls yep um and the work that went into that so again uh oh crystal adams if you don't know is a black woman mm-hmm. uh atsuke atsuko is japanese i believe um and then Patton is a white guy <laughs> but <laughs> there's not a lot of and sarah is a white woman so there's not a lot of diversity in the doll market I was not aware that this had not improved since I was a child when like all the dolls were white and there was maybe one black Barbie. Apparently that's mostly still the case. Yeah, that doesn't surprise Um, me, honestly. And she also was dealing with a size constraint because the scale, Mm -hmm. like the dolls had to look human sized within this 112 scale area. So some dolls were just too big or just too small to work. So she put so much work into this to the point that like she she cut their hair, she redid their eye color or makeup. Um, she there was uh, for Crystal, the only black doll she could find who was the right size. <laughs> the face doesn't really not look like Crystal at all. So there's only so much you can do with that when you're limited with dolls. But yeah. the, the hair came very straight and Crystal wears her hair natural. And Sarah went to the trouble of watching tutorials to figure out what to do about this and then going to a beauty supply that um, caters to black women and explaining to the saleswoman what she was doing, which apparently they had kind of a good laugh. Like I need to make this doll. I need to make this, this, the only black doll, the right size I could find look more like the human being she's supposed to be. Yeah. And there's only so much, like I can do clothes. You can't really do much about the face, but I can at least fix the hair. And so the woman helped her select um, like extensions that she could then um, sort of <laughs> glue onto the, like, <laughs> so if, if you've never, girl, women and girls will probably know this. I don't know if boys do, although they maybe also cut the hair off Barbie dolls, but if you've ever cut the hair off a Barbie <laughs> doll, 
<laughs> you'll notice that there's a bunch of little tiny holes in the head where that hair is attached like it's not just a wig that's plopped on it's actually yeah. fed through holes and so she like she cut and shaved off this all the old hair from this doll and cleared the holes and then she poked the new hair through all the holes and then filled the hair the head with glue okay to hold it on and then cut and styled the hair and like she really i, I can't imagine how long this took her it was really yeah. quite an endeavor um and and you know it worked out as well as could be expected. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, for Atsuko, she uh the hair on the doll was very, very long. Mm-hmm. Uh Atsuko did point out that the hair that the, the doll looked more Latina than Asian, but again, <laughs> it was it was the best she could get. But she at least cut the hair to look as much mm-hmm. as possible like Atsuko's. Um, she tie-dyed a tiny shirt by hand. Like she gave her an outfit that that woman would actually wear. Like she yeah. really, really went to town. She personalized it all. She really did. And then, well, not so much the patent doll. The patent doll, I, I took a photo and we might just put it up on the show page so that you can see <laughs> the monstrosity that was the patent doll. It's upsetting. <sighs> um, he had a good laugh about it. And, and they both agreed that, you know, the lack of time that went into the patent doll was excused by the amount of time that went into the other two dolls that you know the white guy was the one who had to take the hit of his doll looking the least like him essentially seems reasonable seems reasonable everyone there seemed to agree anyway so so the way it worked was the comics had actually like brought material of course and we had so we were all in a zoom it wasn't just a broadcast we were all in a zoom so i got to be a live audience yeah um, I did not have my camera on because I was not camera ready, but I did, you know, <laughs> turn my mic on because they wanted us, they wanted the comics to be able to hear laughter. Yeah. A lot of the virtual shows do that. And applause. So not everyone turned their mic on and mine was, you know, if I was chewing, I turned it off because I'm not a monster. <laughs> um, but I tried to keep it on for the most part. And, uh, and they did each comic did their set in their little zoom box, but most of the screen was Sarah manipulating the doll from above. She had like attached it to a stick so that uh-huh. she could kind of parachute it in from the ceiling onto the stage <laughs> and then move it around. And, and they would sort of collaborate via zoom on, she would move the doll and the comic would react to what the doll was doing or the doll would react to what the comic was saying. Like, to oh the my best. gosh, so kind of like without- a marionette. Yeah, but it was basically puppeteering. But of course, there had not been a lot of rehearsal of the actual material. Um, And, you know, there was a tiny microphone that fell out of someone's hand at one point. But (laughs) the the detail of like, she had put dolls in the audience so that there appeared to be a little audience in the club. And the comics did crowd work with, like the comic dolls did crowd work with the other Uh dolls. I saw some of, I still have that on Twitter. Yeah, I'm sure there were little bits of it out there, right? Yeah. Um, It was so, it was, a delight. It was so silly and so strange and so delightful. <laughs> we got a tour of the comedy club. Um, as I said, the whole thing was recorded. It was by Nowhere Comedy, uh, which is a great name for online shows that are not exactly taking and place Nowhere Comedy anywhere. Club, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I hope it will come out for uh, purchase or rental because I think people should see it. Yeah. It's really the amount of, of time and work that went into that and the amount of delight that I personally got out of it and judging uh, from the faces of the other people who were attending, the amount of delight that we all got out of it, including the comics doing it. I hope <laughs> she does it again. It's really, so if you, if you're on your interwebs and you see anything about, you know, a show at the ha ha hole, you got to buy a ticket. It's, it's so fun. It's, it's so ridiculous and so adorable. And I love it so much. And definitely follow Sarah in the social media places. Um, She's a uh, tremendous comedian and she wrote a book, which is sort mm -hmm. of, I think, a semi-autobiography essay collection. I think it's called Great. Yeah, like semi-memoir, semi-essay. But she's also this really amazing podcaster. Um, Mm -hmm. She has a new show called The Schaefer Shakedown. She did a show, I want to say something like five, six, seven years ago called Lies, which was an NPR style interview show (laughs) during which the guest would tell 
things that were not true. So nice. it would just be lies. I <laughs> can't remember everybody who was on it. It was a limited run thing. She didn't do that many of them, but I think Jim Gaffigan was one of the guests mm-hmm. and maybe also Michael Ian Black, although I'd have to double check that. But that it was, makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it was a fantastic show because it was just, you know, utterly straight faced, you know, doing that sort of NPR kind of style Ooh, of yep. vocal performance, which I don't know if I'm really pulling off, but it's still enjoying. It's, and it's so a, it's pretty good. and so it would just it was completely serious but these were people who i knew so i knew that their personal story was not being rendered accurately Mm -hmm. um but sarah is just one of those comics who i think absolutely deserves to be a household name and is like if you are a cool comedy nerd you know sarah schaefer yeah uh she also you should look at her website because she's done a variety of little web series Mm -hmm. for herself as well Oh, uh, the little Bobo channel. Oh my God, that's right. She's um, amazing yeah. stuff. And uh, she's also got, and they're they're all linked on her website. If you just go to sarahshaper.com, mm-hmm. she's got them all listed. Yeah. Um, she did one called Day Job, mm-hmm. which uh, it, it reminded me, it's a little honestly Charlotte in that yeah. place, <laughs> Um, which is amazing because I was not aware of it when we did uh, Charlotte. And it may be, I think hers is, I think, I think, I believe it predates us by a couple of years. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't aware of it at the time. And hers is not, it's just sort of vignettes. It's not. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I'm, these things are not that similar, but the, it basically, it was the idea of a comic with a day job. Yep. Um, but who was actually kind of good at it. Like it wasn't the, often the typical stuff you see about that is people you know hating their jobs and being bad at them and (laughs) the thing that I appreciate about what she did and what we tried to do with Charlotte was to also say like you know this may not be the job you want to be doing all the time but you know that doesn't mean that there aren't good things about it yeah um, or that that you're bad at you know one of the things I insisted on with Charlotte was that she actually was good at the job yeah you know? Yeah, day job is in 2014. So yeah, so that and we started 2016. So that yeah, it predates us. But 2014, this is wild. Is uh, that's the year I wrote the original script of the pilot. The first there time. you go. So parallel <laughs> thinking at its best. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, Sarah is is great, and uh, the amount of work that she put into the Ha Ha Whole Show is just so impressive. Absolutely. It's um, I, I don't know how you have the patience for that. I mean, this is speaking as somebody who has spent tens of thousands of hours building Lego models, but it's not the same thing to try to photorealistically copy something to a one twelfth scale. Yes. Cause also like you're, you're putting together pre-made blocks and things when you're doing Lego, Yep. Mm-hmm. whereas she had to make every piece and then put it together. Mm-hmm. Um, and she did, she did take us on a little tour of the club and she did mm-hmm. talk about, you know, the curtains, don't look impressive but they took three days and like they're just <laughs> blacks you know black yeah uh, curtains in the wings which are referred to in the theater world as blacks um but they are those took three days to sew and ev- every tiny thing that she made just represents hours and hours of meticulous yeah. work um but i i think worth it because she ran a little comedy show in there and it was a good hour long and involved yeah. all the elements of going to a real comedy show, except dolls are not usually part of it. But I saw something she posted online about a two drink minimum, which I thought was yes, because <laughs> most comedy clubs have a two drink minimum because that's where minimum. the clubs actually make their money. They make yes. it off of the food and drink, not off of the entertainment. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh, I promise I did have one drink during the show. I did not have two unless my glass of water also counts. Um, they sell water at comedy clubs. That's true. Yep. Uh, one of the audience members got so excited that he knocked his drink over. He's a doll. <laughs> <laughs> That's how good the show was. Yeah, it was very, uh, it was great. And and the camera work was also fantastic because it was, <laughs> there were wide shots and close shots. And so Sarah's uh, husband was doing that. He did all the oh, camera cool. work. So she operated the doll and I believe his name is Scott. I um, think that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, did, we didn't get to see his face, I don't think, but he got shouted out. <laughs> of course he's holding the camera right so he um, doing tech. <laughs> yeah. And so he really, he really had it down um, and filmed it just like 
a, you would see at a comedy special. Like he, they all did yeah. a really, a really great job. But I mean, there were a couple of mishaps, which you expect with anything live, of course, and anything uh, involving equipment and many moving parts and tiny things. Um, but very, very, very minor, and just is so fun. Like what a, <laughs> what a fun, strange, silly thing to do and i i mean that in the best possible way like i had a ball i would, I would buy another ticket i would go i think it cost me 20 bucks worth it yeah I would do it again uh i hope she does it many more times because it's fantastic <laughs> well, i'm sorry i missed it so i i also hope they release a recording of it somewhere yeah i really think they should i think they should make it rentable or something so that people can see if if, if for no other reason then you know there were and 150, 160 of us in attendance. It's pretty good. Pretty good. But then yeah. just the larger world should see this. Oh, absolutely. Like, like um, there's more people should who were not available at that exact time on a Thursday night should uh, have the chance to see all the work that went into this. It deserves a bigger audience. Yeah. And whatever Nowhere's usual policy is with recording things and putting them up later, this definitely seems like a unique and special thing that. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think anyone was uh, necessarily burning their best material. <laughs> <laughs> That's a virtual show. But it was great. It was, well, also because, you know, everyone had kind of a short set and they also, yeah. the doll thing was, you know, sometimes it was just commenting on what the yeah. doll looked like or, you know, how someone was leaning over funny or. You might have to dolls. yeah make that work in a specific way and not every yeah. bit translates when you're basically sort of just doing audio because you're not actually seeing your own face on the stage. Yeah, well, they are. They The comedians were also in the Zoom, so they were watching the dolls. Oh, were like, they? This okay. was all happening in real time. Okay. Um, which is what I mean about like, they weren't necessarily doing their normal material or like, I wouldn't worry about letting people see well, it because you're going to put yeah. a special later. Well, I didn't realize you could see the comic too. Oh, I yeah. I was imagining the screen was just the doll oh no so okay it, the way it was set up at least for me and i imagine other people sure mostly had it set up was so most of the screen was uh i guess really sarah's screen right mm -hmm. her her window where she yeah. was operating dolls and then but the the zoom box is on the top oh okay we you could see everybody in there that I wasn't you how i was put picturing that down it. if you want yeah. but um i that's how i had my view set up anyway and i don't i actually don't know if that was just my default <laughs> Um, but it go. worked great because most of my screen is that, but then I could also see mm -hmm. like whichever comic was talking. Yeah. Uh, I could also see that I could see them in the little box. Okay. Okay. And then that's, that makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Although if they were, I'm sure they could, there were enough people, of course, there were several zoom screens. So, mm -hmm. and everyone's zoom screen is arranged differently. So yes, it's very possible that other people were just hearing the voice, but they could have scrolled and found the box. Yeah. And the, and the comics were watching their own dolls perform mm -hmm. and reacting in real time yeah so it was it was remarkable um to see how they worked that out because i don't know if they had any rehearsal at all i suspect not because sarah seemed to be working on it pretty down yeah. the wire getting everything yeah. ready so i don't imagine that there was uh much in the way of rehearsal but there was a short i forgot to mention there was a short interview with each comic after their set <laughs> where they got to sort of talk about it a bit and comment on their doll <laughs> that's fun yeah it was it was a lot of fun uh we are uh past our time here do you have any fast shout outs you want to do on our way out no i want to okay. save my material <laughs> <laughs> fair enough do you uh, have any fast shout outs i did i saw a couple okay. things that i'm probably not going to delve into deeply but uh i just do want to recommend a quiet place too because mm -hmm. I don't normally like scary movies, but these are ridiculously well-made mm -hmm. and um, very compelling. And uh, yeah, I liked what they did with the first one where you don't really see the monster, kind of like a Jaws style thing. Mm -hmm. But the second one, it's not as stark a difference between say Alien and Aliens. You know, it's not mm -hmm. a different kind of movie, but it is a little bit more, like you see the creatures a little bit more and it's right. a different kind of story and the world gets opened up more in cool. interesting ways. Um, so no spoilers there, but um, really fun. Um, I enjoyed the tomorrow war and I enjoyed coming to America and that's all I'm going to say about those two, because I don't want to spend a ton more time <laughs> um, coming to America with the number two, the sequel I'm talking right. about. Um, but I did just want to end my half. Mm -hmm. uh, I rewatched an old comedy special called I Know It's Wrong 
song from 2013 from the amazing Dana Gould. Oh, who, Dana Gould. Like, there are a lot of really smart comedians, but I don't know if anyone has smarter material, just like more intellectual, better thought out. The way he phrases things, the way he like comes at topics, the way he like layers in the the finale chunk of that special, which I'm not going to go into at all, but it just is exquisite and elegant and the way he builds it and then the way he pays it off. I just, I'm such a fan of his comedy brain. I mean, he, what he's done with the stage adaptation of Plan 9 from Outer Space. Yes. He -hmm. also, during the pandemic, had a weird little Zoom talk show (laughs) where he was, um, Dr. Zayas. Thank you. From Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes. Yeah. yeah. Um, And, but he interviewed, so in full costume, in full Dr. Zayas costume, he interviewed like celebrities. Mm Mm-hmm as their real selves it was mm-hmm. it, they're short interviews i think it's on youtube or something you can go watch it is them. yeah i watched a couple of them they were pretty fun well one of his trademark bits that he used to do live from time to time at shows in la mm-hmm. is he would go on stage as dr zayas oh, yes. and do william shatner's rendition of rocket man oh wow so it's like four layers of stuff going That's, on. Because if anybody knows yes. Shatner's performance of Rocket Man, it's very specific. So he, <laughs> Dana is doing Dr. Zayas, doing Shatner, doing Elton John's Rocket Man. It's mind-bending. Right. Yeah. Well, and I mean, Shatner is a very specific guy <laughs> to that begin is, with. So. That is accurate. <laughs> yeah. I say that with love. He's 90. He's still with us. We love you, Mr. Shatner. Always nice to see a Canadian. Hashtag Antsac. <laughs> and here's a Canadian I can see. Stevie, what would you plug for us? <laughs> it's me. Oh, what would I like to plug? Well, uh, I don't really have anything new because, you know, mm-hmm. pandemic having been what it is. So uh, <laughs> my website, which has not been updated in a bit, is steviejackson.ca. But if you're <laughs> curious about me and would like to find out some things and look at some photos and you know, read some old news articles. You're free to go there. <laughs> Clippings. Um, yeah. And uh, and then, of course, follow me on the social meds at Stevie KJ on Twitter and Instagram. What would you like to plug? Uh, I got my own Twitter and Instagram, Chris M. Royce. Fancy. ChristopherRoyce.com is the website. I also don't have any new projects to announce because finishing things is not what I do. <laughs> But we have finished with this podcast. You can find show notes and more. Oh, pardon me. Just the episode, not the whole show. Just in case anybody thought that sounded not the way I meant it. We don't mean to scare anyone. We're just going back to monthly. We will be back in September. Uh, show notes at more at bodieswithoutborders.tumblr.com. Follow us on Twitter at budswoboards. Say hi, why don't you? Leave us a five-star review. Tell your friends and your families. And your enemies. Feel free Mm -hmm. to tell your enemies. Tell other people's friends and families. And enemies. (laughs) (laughs) We'll take all the listeners we can get. (laughs) Thanks for listening and staying subscribed. And uh, you know what? Thanks for being you. Let's have a Mr. Rogers ending. Oh. And there's the music. We do appreciate you. (laughs) We'll talk to you next time. (laughs) 